Trust in the Lord with all your heart. On your own intelligence rely not. In all your ways be mindful of him, and he will make straight your paths. We serve a God of abundance, yet you're still living paycheck to paycheck. We serve a God of order, yet your house always seems to be a mess. You feel unappreciated and overwhelmed just trying to keep up. Does the noise of life drown out the voice of God? Hi, my name is Gina Morton, a Catholic wife, mom, and declutter coach. Welcome to Pruning to Prosper, the podcast where we talk about all the practical things to run your home smoothly. Clutter, money, mindset, and yes, everyone still wants to eat. So we'll talk about that too. That nagging in your heart is God telling you he has more for you than just trying to keep up. If you're ready to get uncomfortable, get brave, and see what you can do, then grab your garden shears because you're about to prune away the stuff so you can prosper into the woman God has called you to be. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Pruning to Prosper. We are picking up our story from where we left off. And I just, again, want to reiterate that when you fully step in to who God has called you to be, he will make the path very straight for you. And the how that we, our human minds go to, how are we going to pay for this? How are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? Who's going to watch my son, Charlie? Who's going to do this? That's none of our business. That's, that's all figured out already. You just have to accept the invitation to proceed on the path that God has laid out before you. He's got all the details. And so, and he knows you better than you know yourself. He knew that my big worry was going to be money, right? And I grew up outside Philadelphia. So CHOP, Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, is the greatest hospital that we grew up knowing. You know, there's Drexel and there's Hahnemann. So I was thinking, well, we're going to Philly, right? And the nurse and the doctors were like, no, we're, you're going to Hershey, Pennsylvania. And I thought, Hershey? Like where the chocolate is made? Hershey? Like the, the amusement park? Yeah, that's where we are going. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is the 31st case ever in the world, and they're sending us to Chocolate World. Okay. And... When you are stepping into who God has called you to be, you have to fully trust that he's got your back, that it won't be what you've expected, but the miracles are going to come out of the blue. It might not be easy. I'm not saying that any of this story that I'm about to tell you was easy, but the peace that transcends all human understanding never left me. I had moments of great stress, but at my core, I knew God was in control and it was all going to work out and he could turn this into good. So as I'm at the NICU at our local hospital, the nurse hands me a slip of paper with a phone number to the Ronald McDonald house in Hershey, Pennsylvania. And all right, humble, humble pie here. I said to the nurse, uh, that's not really for us. You know, I said, we have insurance. And she just kind of smiled and she said, I think you should give him a call. I was thinking we would stay in a hotel room. I, when I went back to my house to pack, I put one outfit in the suitcase. 
that's how clueless I was. My husband was like, I think you should pack a little bit more. And I was like, why? Like, aren't they just going to fix them right up and we're going to be home? And I would not step foot in my house for six weeks. So when I left my house that day, I had no idea. Like, I remember my mother-in-law and my sister-in-law were there and I was just like, can you watch Charlie? <laughs> like, you know, and both of our parents, both sets of parents, everybody still worked, you know, that no one was retired yet. So it was immediately asking for help, which is not in my comfort zone either. But God had it all figured out. Um, and it was the perfect time of year. My mother-in-law was in education administration. So she was kind of on Christmas break coming up soon. And, you know, God's timing is perfect, you guys, perfect. So there are over 300 Ronald McDonald houses in the world. And most of them charge a nominal fee or a donation or something like that. But I wasn't working. You know, it was just my husband and he had started a new career path and we really didn't have much to our name, you know, at least liquid. So even just charging $10, $15 a night over, you know, the time that we would be there, it's it adds up to thousands of dollars. But again, first miracle of the over 300 Ronald McDonald houses in the world, there were three that were completely free, completely free to their guests. And guess where one of them was? You guessed, Hershey, Pennsylvania. Blessing number one, God's got our the roof over our head covered. Check. The other thing that was covered, I didn't understand or realize at the point, but um, volunteers would come in and make meals every night. So we had a nice home-cooked meal every single night that we were there. As we moved into the Ronald McDonald house and we settled into the hospital life, um, the second blessing, you know, again, this, this cost of all this is just overwhelming. Like I remember like just specialist after specialist coming in and I just said to the one doctor, like, well, how much is all this? Like they're giving us choices of what we can do. And I'm like, well, what does that cost? Or I don't know. What is that? And they just look at you like you have six heads. Like, lady, there is no choice. Like you do this. Like you figure out how to pay for it later. And my mind was already running to like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Like we're going to be in debt for the rest of our lives. And um, we met this couple at the Ronald McDonald house. And now anyone can stay at the Ronald McDonald house as long as your child is undergoing treatment across the street at the hospital. So you meet families with all sorts of illnesses, not just cancer. But there was another family at the Ronald McDonald house whose son also had cancer. I'm not sure if it was leukemia. Um, but uh, anyway, you're learning so much and you're exhausted. Like, remember, I just had a baby. So you're taking in all this information. It's like going to medical school while you're exhausted and breastfeeding. So the dad stopped us one day on the stairwell and he said, do you guys realize the gift that we have? And we're like, no, what? And he said, um, Penn State, you know, Penn State, you know, we are, is affiliated with Hershey Medical Center. There's something there called FON, which is the dance marathon. 
and it's the largest student-run philanthropic endeavor in the world. This past year, they raised over $15 million, and it's a 46-hour dance marathon. All the money raised at Thon goes to one hospital for one cause, and you've guessed it, it's Hershey for children undergoing cancer treatment. Everything that Teddy was receiving that wasn't covered by our insurance would have been covered 100% until he was 18 years old. Trust. You have to trust. He's got you and he's got the details that you're already stressing about. He's got them already figured out. You just have to step into the assignment and see what, what, is, what do you want me to do next? Don't, don't ask, how are we going to do this? Just ask him to show you. Don't ask, how are we going to pay off all this debt? Say, show me how, how we're going to do this, God. He's there for you. He's on your team, guys. <laughs> right? You have to keep trusting that. He's on your team. His plans are better than your plans. And his timing is better than your timing. Trust that with all your heart. And you will never, ever worry. Right? Padre Pio says, hope, pray, don't worry. If you truly trust in God, you don't worry. All right. So those are our first two miracles was we got free room and board and free medical treatment for whatever our insurance didn't cover. On top of that, we got $20 a week in gas money. This is all from Thon. $20 a week in gas money. We got um, $1,000 towards funeral expenses. We got cafeteria meal tickets, which don't, it doesn't sound like much, but when you're eating two or three times a day in the cafeteria with a toddler and guests and things, that adds up, you know? So it was such a blessing that my biggest fear of money was completely taken care of. We, we met some of the finest doctors and nurses and therapists ever, um, priests and ministers, and just, it was blessing after blessing. And I'm going to come back to this story so many times as this podcast unfolds, but I just wanted you guys to have the base of where I'm coming from and where I believe my mission here really was put into to action. And uh, I think the last miracle that I'm going to talk about today was, um, you know, we had so many ups and downs when we lived in the hospital. And uh, again, I will talk more about all of them. But the one miracle that I always recognized every day was you get the nurse you need on the day you need her. Uh, and I say her because we only had female nurses, but shout out to all the male nurses out there too. But it was a Monday and Teddy was doing really well. So my husband didn't come to Hershey. So if he could work, he would stay home and work. So my dad was in town because he was a sales rep at the time. And so he stayed with me and uh, Charlie, I had my Charlie, and we lived with her own McDonald house. And Charlie had been having some tough times, you know, just struggling with all of this stuff. So I, I decided that I was going to keep him with me at the hospital. He had been staying with my sister, and just, it was a lot of stress. 
um, you know, my sister and my brother-in-law treated him like their own, and we are forever grateful for that. But it's still hard on a two-year-old to not be with your mom. So I decided I was going to keep Charlie with me. Whatever that took, if that meant that he would stay occupied for an hour in in the, at this time we were in the PICU, um, it's four months later, then that's what we would do. And I said to Charlie, you're going to have to learn to sleep on mommy's lap. You're going to have to take a nap on mommy's lap. And he said, okay. So first day, he did it. He fell right to sleep and my dad was next to me and I'm, you know, in the room with Teddy and we got this nurse and Teddy's signs were good that day. And for some reason, she just started going on about the, the realities of him living. And I really thought that we were going to just take home this precious baby and he was going to be fine and I was going to go on with my life and this was just going to be a little blip on the radar and I would never have to look back and we were just going to be this little foursome of two, two boys and a mom and a dad. But she gave me the harsh reality one day when I was sitting there and she just talked about how he would probably never come off of his ventilator, that we would probably have to have a nurse that would live with us for the rest of our lives. And all I could think was, oh my gosh, we have this little tiny house and, you know, what kind of a marriage are we going to have when a nurse is in the next room, like not asleep, like there's somebody awake watching that ventilator. You know, so you have a day nurse and a night nurse. Every vacation you go on, you're taking a nurse with you. And I just thought, oh my gosh, what is this life? Like, what are we in for? It's not at all what I was thinking. And that's if he lives. You know, like, you really want him to live. And then it's like, oh my gosh, but but all this too. And I just, the more she spoke, the sicker I got. And I just thought, oh my gosh, please stop talking. Please stop talking. And my dad was there and I said to my dad, don't tell mom any of this because I didn't want my mom to worry. Um, but at this point, we had been there for four months and there are so many stories that I will, again, I will share with you. But just know that I was, I was not just tired, sleepy tired. I was exhausted to my core. Like I, I really just was empty. And I remember just holding Charlie and hearing the machines. And I just said to God, I'm tired. And Teddy's numbers turned not so good. And that was the big, the big slide. And so that evening I called my husband and I said, you better come. Um, it's not looking good. And so thankfully my dad was still there and he took Charlie back to the Ronald McDonald house. Um, and we stayed all night with Teddy and he died the next morning, uh, April 21st. So he lived 127 days. And I still can't, I still can't believe it is my life <laughs> for one thing. 
but it sounds weird to say it, but it was the greatest blessing. I mean, other than my husband and my kids, um, it was such a blessing to witness all that we witnessed in the four months of this little guy's life. People that haven't prayed started praying again. People that hadn't stepped foot in church went back to church. Um, in the years that have followed, we've had friends that raised money for Thon and the Ronald McDonald House. And my husband and I have helped with a capital campaign to build our local children's hospital because we don't want people to have to leave our area to go get treatment. We want to have quality care close to home. So it really set us on this path of raising money, speaking out, and just trusting that God's plan is better than ours. And it hurts like hell. I'm not going to lie. There have been days where I just want to crawl up in a ball and die. But you get through them and little by little, that hole begins to heal. And in the beginning days of his passing, I would just pray for, you know, give me five minutes where I don't feel like this, when I don't feel this much burden and this heavy sadness. And then I would pray for 10 minutes and 15 minutes. And then I'd say, God, just give me a morning where I don't feel this sad, you know, like it's just a sadness, like you can't even believe. And then it'd be a half a day and a a day and then maybe a, a weekend and little by little you begin to heal you know you're never the same but you start to see that life is still good there's still joy I still had Charlie and um the joke was on me because I thought I was going to be the mom of boys but as the years went by we welcomed three little girls <laughs> so um, on March 25th, 2010, we welcomed our, our first little girl and her name is Simone and she's named after St. Simon of Cyrene because he helped Jesus carry his cross. And she was born on March 25th and for those of you that are Paying attention, you know, that's the Feast of the Annunciation. It's the day that we celebrate the Blessed Mother saying yes to the great unknown, to just trusting that this path that God had for her was going to be the best thing. And she too watched her son suffer and die. And to have a baby given to me on that day. It was just such a blessing. And I just felt like it was God like, I got you kid, don't worry. <laughs> and so, and she was the perfect baby because she was so fickle and cried all the time. And like, Teddy died in April of 09 and she was born in March of 2010 and honestly I didn't have time to be sad anymore because this baby just cried all the time and I call her my risotto baby because I would make so much risotto because all I could do is um, I would put her in the baby Bjorn and she just wanted to be bounced and like 
I would just stir. I would stir the dinner constantly and I would bounce her and keep her and she would throw up and then <laughs> I would feed her again. And it was so, she's so beautiful. Um, but so she's named after St. Simon of Cyrene. And then um, a few years later, we were blessed with another little girl named Josephine. And she's named after St. Joseph because we buried the statue to sell our house and the whole selling of our house and buying of this house is another miracle. So, you know, when you bury the statue, you're supposed to dig up the statue, bring it to your new house, give them a place of honor. But I was like, uh, we need to do more than just move the statue. So we named a baby after him. And then our final little gem is baby Alice. And she is a nod to Teddy because Teddy Roosevelt was married to an Alice and he had a daughter named Alice and his wife actually died in childbirth um, giving birth to Alice and he has a famous saying that says um, I cannot be both president and parent Alice like I guess she was like a spitfire so I think that's fun and her middle name is Jude and that's another nod to Teddy because there was this man at the hospital there's always these wonderful volunteers and there was a man there that just was so devoted to St. Jude. And every time I walked past him, he would say to me, pray to St. Jude, pray to St. Jude. And I would say, okay, okay. Um, and St. Jude is the patron saint of impossible causes. And that's pretty much what we had on our hands. So she is a nod to Teddy in two ways, in the, the Roosevelt reference and in St. Jude. And uh, so, yeah, it's it's been quite the ride. But again, I'm trusting that God has my best interest at heart and my husband's best interest at heart. And I know he has your best interest at heart. And it's not our business to know how it's going to work out. But when you fully trust and step in to what he has called for you and planned for you, you're just going to be amazed at what you can do. Have a great day. Uh, I will make Wednesdays my regular launch day. So, uh, or uh, what do you say? New podcast release. So look for the new podcast next Wednesday. If you have gotten anything out of these first three episodes, I ask you to share this with a friend that you think would be interested. And I would love for you to leave a review on Apple podcast. Uh, that really helps get the word out there. Have a wonderful day. God bless.